Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, good morning, good morning, and a pleasant good Thursday morning to each and every one of you. As always, we welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way each and every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to high noon Eastern time. We are available, watchable, listenable. In a variety of ways, we stream on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. Please check us out and subscribe to the program, please. We also stream live every day on Facebook, Chatterbox Sports page. And also, you can download us in podcast form. Just search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman, and you're dialed in, as we like to say. We begin in college basketball, where it's the end of an era. An era that lasted nearly half a century. Jim Beheim is out after 47 years as head basketball coach at Syracuse University. I have a hard time telling whether he resigned or was let go. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. The bottom line is Jim Beheim is Syracuse basketball. He won 1,015 games, had a bunch of other wins vacated, on some rules violations over a three-year frame. He is second all-time on the head coaching wins list to Duke's Mike Krzyzewski. He led Syracuse to 35 NCAA tournaments, five Final Fours, and a national title in 2003. Former player and top assistant Adrian Autry will take over the program. The Orangemen lost Bayheim's final game in the opening round of the ACC tournament to Wake Forest 77-74. Also in the ACC, North Carolina keeps its slim NCAA hopes alive by blasting Boston College. The Tar Heels will take on Virginia tonight at 7, a team they beat a week and a half ago. All right, college basketball is reigning supreme now. Right? If you got nothing going on, few days off work, well, you can just settle in and watch basketball all day and all night. Last night, Colgate, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi punched their tickets to the NCAA tournament. In the Big East, Xavier will play DePaul tonight at Madison Square Garden. We'll hear from Paul Fritchner, who is there, coming up about uh, 1040. Tip-off is 7 o'clock. You can watch it on FS1. DePaul, a surprise winner over fading Seton Hall, 66-65 last night. St. John's plays top seed Marquette. Villanova clashes with Creighton. And UConn will play Providence. That's the best game of the night. In the Big Ten, Ohio State rolls over Wisconsin, 65-57. The Buckeyes take on Iowa at 2.30 this afternoon. The Mid-American Conference Tournament begins today in Cleveland. Miami takes on top seed Toledo. The Ohio University takes on Ball State. Dayton kicks off its A-10 tournament tonight against St. Joe's. That's a 5 o'clock start. The Big 12 is where all the heavy lifting is going down. We were talking about this, fellows, before, and we'll get to it in a minute. Casey Reed, good morning, men. Good morning. Good morning, Tom. I mean, that slate in the Big 12... I mean, it's not far from, I don't think this is a stretch. It's not far from games you'd see in a, in a sweet 16. 
when you got no bad teams, you have no bad games, and every game is heavy lifting. It is heavy lifting. Huggy got a win last night over Texas Tech, and they played the top seed Kansas at 3 o'clock Eastern time today. That's 2 o'clock Central. Now, look, this is a joke. We'll get into this in a minute, okay? You have a bunch of teams playing at 7 o'clock and 9.30 tonight in the Big 12 tournament that didn't play last night. You've got West Virginia who has to play last night. That game gets over about 9, 9.30 Eastern last night. And they have to turn around and play at 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock Central today against the top seed basically on their home floor in Kansas City. They got to get that mess fixed. Iowa State, they've been ranked all year against Baylor. Number seven, Texas in action tonight. Number 22, TCU faces 12th ranked Kansas State. That's at 930. UCLA's title hopes took a major blow yesterday. When the school announced that forward Jalen Clark will miss the rest of the season with an Achilles tendon injury. Clark averages 13.7 rebounds a game for the Bruins. He is their best defender. In fact, he was named the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year yesterday. UCLA plays Colorado in the conference tournament later today. UC, by the way, will not play until Friday. That's against Temple in a 4-5 matchup in the American Conference. Terry Nelson, former Bearcat legend, will join us right around 11 o'clock. In baseball, the Reds beat San Diego 10-9. Luke Weaver, who's trying to win a spot in the Reds' starting rotation, worked three innings, allowed three hits, and two runs. The WBC kicks into high gear. Reed Mouse, you might be the only guy within um, 35 miles of Hamilton, Ohio, your home team. It's actually watching the WBC. Tom, I was just getting ready to book us tickets. You and me going down to Miami. I go down to Miami. I'd go down to Miami. You have that bar out in center field that they got rid of. I would go down there, although I gave up drinking for Lent. So I'd have to, no, they'll still, no, no, no. Lent will still be going on when, uh, when the WBC is in Miami. But I got to tell you, though, I will watch if it gets down to the United States against the Dominican Republic. Those are two. Oh, man. Some of the younger. best lineups ever put together. Yep. It's yep. going to be great. And we're going, you and I. Down in Miami, we'll book the trip tonight. You, me, Tom. No drinking. That's no good. What do you, you mean? You don't go down good? there to Miami and you can't have a few cocktails, sunshine and 80 degrees. Beach, South Beach. You're South a South Beach kind of guy. That's where I went on my honeymoon, South Beach. Did you hit the town on South Beach? What? A little bit, a little what bit. What does that mean? It's, it's not like you're, you know, you're, well, we you're not a little bit pregnant. <laughs> right? You're, you're either are or you aren't. So did you hit the streets in South Beach or not? One night we did. We stayed at a resort, a very nice resort, uh, Fountain Blue. And oh, man, that's a big league joint. I've yeah. stayed there. Yeah. It's, Whoa. Yeah. We went down to the bar the first night. We got two drinks. It was like 80 bucks. And I was like, all right, we might have to figure something <laughs> you out. Got, you got a point there. You got a point there. But that's a big league joint. It's great. So, so did you go to any of the clubs? You know, I'm not a club guy, but I mean, if you're down there, you have to at least check it out, right? So actually, Fountain Blue has like one of the best nightclubs in Miami at the at the resort. And it is $100 to get in the door. And I told my family this. They're like, you need to go. So they actually, my brother's- $100? My brother, Matt, sent me $200 to go to this club. 
And how they decide who gets to walk into the club is they have this red rope. And they just start picking mostly pretty girls. I was getting ready to say mostly beautiful women. Mostly pretty girls. So I, my wife actually told me to go hide. Like she told me to like stand behind a pole, sit yep. back. And then she got picked. Well, right before she got picked, there was a group of five women. There were three gorgeous women. No, no, no uh, silicone there or anything. I, I, I don't know. But there was two that Good answer. were not as pretty as the rest of them. Let's put it that way. These bouncers picked the three girls in this five friend group. And the three girls just left their two friends and walked in without them. And I couldn't believe what my eyes were seeing. You're kidding. Just, just left their friends high and dry. Casey, but, you do that, though, to a couple of your buddies. I mean, if you got snatched up in the line, you tell them adios. I'm heading in. No, I don't think I'd do that. I'm not a high roller. I'm just a ham and egger. Are you, are you a nightclubber, Tom, back in the day? No. Nope. Nope. There was one uh, club years ago, uh, back when I was high, in high school, and the drinking age in Ohio back in those days, I mean, this is back during the cave drawing days, um, downtown called uh, Tomorrow's. It was downtown right in the city, drinking age back in those days with 18. So on the weekends, me and high school buddies of mine, uh, we'd shoot down there, and that was a big league joint. Big time. Music was great back then. You know, in the 80s, a lot of people make fun of it, but it was great dance music. I love the dance. So, you know, we'd go down there, and they used to have another joint that was in Clifton. A lot of you remember this place. This was the most, well, the second most legendary place in town. Number one by far is a blind lemon in Mount Adams, but a different kind of place <laughs> was... Um, Lighthouse Limited. Lighthouse Limited. So you know That's when you drive up William Howard Taft and you're going into the UC campus. So say you're sure. on Columbia Parkway, you take William Howard Taft, right? Okay. Yeah. Straight okay. up. Right when you pass off where Short Mine would be to your right, and you're starting to go where there's that big intersection right there, that first big one. Well, there's a V-shaped piece of land that sits right there. You'd actually now, I think it's just a big gravel pit. But that's where Lighthouse Limited used to be. And that was a big league joint. That was your spot. So it's hard for me to wrap my brain around this. The drinking age was 18 back in the 18. day. 18. So and no, uh, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. So on a, Friday, on a Friday before. 3-2 beer, you have right. to remember now. So on a Friday before. You ever heard of 3-2 beer? Yeah, it's, it's limited beer. Right. Or it's lower right. alcohol, alcohol beer. Right. Which actually I think led into the light beer that we have nowadays. But. I digress. You would leave school on a Friday before Anderson. Most of the time, we'd go Thursday night, truth be told. Really? And get up to go to school Friday morning. Yeah. I just It's mind-blowing for me to think about, like, yeah, you leave the high school football game on a Friday night watching Anderson take on uh, Turpin. That's the yep. big rival, right? Yeah. And then you just go hit up the bars. Go hit them. I couldn't. My brain cannot wrap around I that. I mean, you can go right around the corner, and the, the, the seven or eight guys that live within a block or two of where we were, Small little neighborhood out in Anderson. Um, all of us turned 18 within the first two months of our senior years in high school. So, so we were year. all September, October birthdays. And yeah, I mean, you could, you could leave a high school football game on a Friday night. You could drive right around the corner from Anderson Township, right there in Anderson Township, belly up. That's just That's big league. Meanwhile, me and Casey are having to sneak in. Having to have our older siblings go get us alcohol and everything yep. like that. You were just you were just hitting Lighthouse Inn or whatever. It was Lighthouse Liberty and Tomorrow's and the Blind Lemon. 
Every Friday. Well, we weren't going to the Blind Lemon back. They weren't welcoming 18-year-olds. Eddie <laughs> Shepard and Pat Shepard, who owned that joint for 50, what is it, 55 years? They've owned the Blind Lemon now? They, they, they weren't letting 18-year-olds uh, run around up there. Um, okay, we got a lot to talk about here today. We mentioned we have um, Paul Fritschner coming up. He's in New York covering the Big East Tournament. We'll talk about Xavier with him. Um, and we have Terry Nelson to talk about UC in the American Athletic Conference down in Fort Worth, Texas. Boy, you talk about a great arena. That Dickies arena is unbelievable. Um, and they don't even have an NBA team there. Um, and then we have the Tracer coming up at 1130. He's back in the saddle today. But what we've decided to do here to begin our day is each of us is picking two games that we're really keeping an eye on. I mean, there's dozens of games all over college basketball today and tonight. And we're each picking two games, and we're going to span six different conferences in those games. And so we'll talk about the games themselves in particular that we're keeping an eye on, and then the overall macro view of the conferences. So... Where do we begin? Casey McAllister, let's start with you. So we'll each go for one game. Okay, talk about that conference. Then we'll move on to our second games. Okay, so I picked for my two games. I Well, first off, really, I'm very interested in the Big Ten Conference in general. Yes. Mainly because I don't believe in Purdue. I think the way that the bracket kind of shakes out um, – don't count out Ohio State for all the Ohio State fans that are in our chat. What? Don't count them out because they play Iowa. And if, they have, if they're off at all, they, they're the highest three-point percentage team or like they, the most They, shoot a, they, they shoot, shoot, shoot a lot, lot of threes. They yeah. shoot a lot. And if they're off at all, Ohio State has a chance to win. And if you look at game three, it's Michigan and Rutgers. They got to go play Purdue. And that matches up very well against either of those teams. So both very defensive teams. Purdue is going to possibly struggle if Michigan just or Rutgers just clam down on Edie. And that would just shake up the entire bracket. And if that happens, those are the two games I'm watching the Big Ten, really. The, those two specifically. Okay. And mainly because I just think – if these two games go the way I think they will, if Michigan wins or Ruck, either one, if they if one of those two teams go and they play Purdue, Purdue's in trouble, I think, this next game on Friday. And I think Iowa versus Ohio State, Ohio State just being the local team here. They would play, they, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't have the bracket in front of me. If Ohio State beats Iowa, they would have to play Michigan State. They would correct? have to play they Michigan would. State, who they just lost to. Yeah. But, uh, he's, but they played pretty well the first time they met. Yeah. And I think it's really hard to to root for Ohio State after they lost to eight in a row. It's really hard to root for Ohio State in general. I don't know how Tom does it. But I think when you look hey, at this, the rest of their season holistically, if you take away those eight games, which I know is a lot, uh, the rest of the, their first half of the season, a lot of the games were close. A lot of their games were 
few and they possessions had some big away. wins early they in the year. They had some really big wins early in the year. I think there can still be a potential for them to be the dark horse of okay. the Big Ten. I'm all not right. saying they're going to win it all, but I think they're a dark horse. And I think that's why I like those two games in the Big Ten today. And then my last game. Well, no, we're going to stop there. Okay. All right. Okay. Stop there. Okay. So the Big Ten, I don't know why you think Purdue's going to struggle. Purdue's really good. They've been ah, really thoughts. good all year long. I know they've had some kind of here faded a little bit down the stretch, but that's still a big-time team. All right. Where are we starting with you, Mr. Mouse? Well, I – And may- by the way, I don't mean to interrupt. By the way, we're going back and picking these games yep. to see how we did. Of the six games we're picking, we're going to get the spreads from Fred Sportsbook. And we're going to pick the games and see how we do tomorrow. Somebody's going to have to write this down. I can get a, a, a notebook here in a second if we have to. All right. Where, where are you starting? Well, I'm looking at the, the big boy league, the big 12. Yes, indeed. Every, every major conference has four games today. But every single one of the big 12 games are great games. you got Baylor versus Iowa State, Kansas versus West Virginia, Texas versus Okie State. But the big game that I like are your Horn Frogs. Taking on Kansas State. That's the late game. That's 9.30 p.m. Kansas State is a team that has been always at the top, you know, top 12, top 13. Yep. But they, except for one game earlier where I think they they beat Kansas earlier in the season, I don't necessarily love the way they play in these big games. And then TCU is a team that I haven't seen a whole lot of. But I watched them earlier this year. I just... I think that is the most interesting game on this slate other than and also the Kansas West Virginia game is pretty good too. But the Kansas State TCU game is going to be the marquee matchup tonight. I think you could make an argument for any number of teams winning that Big 12 tournament. Kansas State is really good. They're the kind of team where if they get things rolling, I mean, they've been a top 10, top 12 team for a long time. Um, there's no doubt Texas can win that tournament. They're the number right. 2 seed. Right. Um, and, and then, you know, TCU is a team that, that blew out Kansas at Kansas. Now, TCU went through a long stretch there where their two of their top three players were out for an extended period of time. That's why they really have the number of losses that they have. They're at full strength for the first time here the last few games. Um, and the preseason conference player of the year, Mike Miles, outstanding guard for TCU, is finally getting back to being 100% healthy. He's had a nagging leg injury that's gone on for a long time. They are capable of winning. But to get back to what I've said before, I've already said it today, it is a joke that they don't move the Big 12 Conference Tournament around to a different site like the Big 10 does uh, because it, it Kansas City, Missouri is whatever it is, 15 miles down the road. You were just there. Yeah, from Lawrence. Right. It's from 30 KU, 30-minute ride. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a joke. Uh, every game Kansas plays in that tournament, it is a home game, 15, 18,000, whatever's there. Uh, West Virginia today will probably have about 2,000 fans there, and the rest of them will be all in Kansas blue and red and white. And um, But anyway, Kansas obviously has a very, very good team. All right. What, well, what about West Virginia? You mentioned this in, in your monologue. They play last night at 7 p.m. Yeah. And they have to turn around and play the number one seed? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, Ridiculous. Kansas State and TCU, neither one played yesterday, and they're playing tonight. Right. You could have flip-flopped those games. Absolutely. Right? At least give them 24 hours of rest. And to be quite honest about it, if you're looking at a big crowd, 
Now, maybe you can make the argument if you play Kansas early, you'll have a big crowd for the day session. They've already sold all the tickets anyway. Well, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. But they should, that, that game should be played tonight. It really should. Even if you're the most ardent Kansas fan, it's just not fair that West Virginia has to turn around and play. Now, you could say, okay, well, they have their chance to have a higher seed, and you know that's all true. But it's just not right. It's just simply not right. All right. Um, but West Virginia's an interesting team. They've given Kansas all they want. In fact, they just played them a week ago in Kansas in a game that came down to the final minute of the game. Uh, Huggy will have them ready to play. All right, I'm going to start... Where else would you start? Since 1804, the first university west of the Allegheny Mountains, Ohio University. They're playing Ball State. Bobcats are going to roll. End of story. They beat them during the regular season. They're going to beat them tonight. Now, I understand that Paul Fritzner has ended his uh, obligations to the Big East Conference Tournament a wee bit earlier than we had suspected. And, Reed, correct me if I'm wrong, your second game, which leads us into Paul, mm-hmm. is the Xavier Musketeers. Yeah, Xavier versus uh, DePaul. DePaul getting the upset over Seton Hall last night. Makes it a little easier for, for Xavier on the route. Now, Xavier did lose to DePaul earlier this year. They did do that, but I just can't see a way in which Xavier loses this game tonight. And this is coming off the back of losing their first – the Muskies losing their first game at the Big East for three straight years. But different coach, different team, different year. I can't see it happening again. Is Paul ready? He is ready. Let's go to Paul Fritzner. I mean, you talk about a big league. Are you inside Madison Square Garden, Paul, right now? Uh, Let me see if I can turn the – there we go. There's the court right there behind it. How cool is that? There we are. I've never been in that place. Oh, it's the best, Tom. It is the best. It is the best place here to watch the games. And I'm sitting here. had the whole row here yesterday. So it's great. Spread out and, and enjoy the games. Let, let me ask you something real quick because I, people have told me this, but I've, I've never taken the time to actually ask somebody this because I've been outside of where it is. Um, right there along Times Square, not far. Do, do you actually walk into the building on the ground floor and then have to take, a, what, an escalator, an elevator? You walk? What do you, you go up, right? Yeah, so, so court level is the fifth floor. So you go in on the ground floor, you come in off the street, and then you go up to the fifth floor, and that's where the court is. So you, you, you see, you hear about the, the famous freight elevators that the teams take to get up here or whatever it is, the escalators. But, yeah, if you're a fan and you come in on the main floor, you're taking three, four, five sets of escalators to get all the way up here just to get down here to the lower bowl. That is, that is really, really cool. Okay, let's start yeah. with um, we had Seth um, Davis on yesterday from CBS. Uh, he was talking at length about Xavier. Uh, he, he said he was surprised, but he shouldn't be surprised because he, he thinks the world of Sean Miller about how well Xavier has played with Zach Fremantle. Before you left, we found out that he would not be with the team the rest of the year because of surgery yep. on his foot. Um, what's the thinking of this game here tonight for the Musketeers against a team, as Reed mentioned a moment ago, Xavier heavily favored in the game, but they did lose to DePaul once during the regular season. Yeah, they did. And I think what would give you confidence as a Xavier fan is that game against DePaul up at Wintrust Arena was probably their second worst game of the year right behind the Butler game. It was just a terrible game. Nobody could shoot. Sule Boom, Colby Jones didn't make a three in that game. It was an awful performance all the way around. 
and they still were within one point. They still had a chance, honestly, at the buzzer. They had the, had the ball um, as time was expiring to win that game. So that would give you a lot of confidence if you're going into this looking, can Xavier get this done today? And then, you know, on the flip side with DePaul, they had no business winning that game yesterday. Seton Hall, that was that game last night was way more about Seton Hall choking it away, giving it away than it was DePaul winning that game because think about it. Seton Hall had the ball up four with 17 seconds left. All they had to do was inbound the ball. They turn it over. Emoji Gibson gets fouled, makes three free throws. And then even on the final possession, Seton Hall got right to the rim right here, right in front of me. But the goal, t- or it wasn't a goal 10, the block you know, wiped it away. But luckily there was a blue demon standing right there to swat the ball back into the stands. It was just, to me, that game was way more about Seton Hall's lack of performance than DePaul stepping up in the end. But credit to the blue demons. They did get it done. I'll be interested to see how they rebound today after a game like that, where you spend so much emotional energy in a game to win. DePaul has never been in this realigned Big East to Friday night. They've never played in a semifinal game. They have won a game before. They have beaten Xavier before. They've never gotten a Friday. So that is something I was last night talking with uh, some DePaul guys, and uh, that is very much on on all their minds. But it should be a great day. UConn and Providence, Tom, at 2.30. I heard you guys talking about some of the games of the day. UConn and Providence at 2.30 is going to be one of the best games around the country through the day. Picture, Picture the Crosstown shootout happening in the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden. These two teams hate hate each other. The fan bases hate each other. Um, it is gonna be it's gonna be an incredible environment today. You know, I gotta tell you though about that game, Paul. I mean I am a huge Ed Cooley fan. I love the guy. I, I, I he's just an awesome dude. I think he's a great coach. I think anybody that spends five minutes around the guy, I don't know how you, you just don't love the guy. He's that kind of guy. Um but, but, but they have not played well here down the stretch. And, and UConn, you've been talking about UConn all year long. I mean, I, you know, you and I were going back and forth texting when Xavier played UConn, and I asked you if that was a junior varsity version of UConn in that game where they couldn't throw one in the ocean from a boat. But, but this is a talented UConn team. There's no doubt about that. Wouldn't you suspect that they win that game today? I think not only do they win that game today, I think they win it very handily. Also, you're getting a preview of the uh, national anthem, so sorry if the is that, sound is, is that too loud. Is that Rihanna? It uh, doesn't look like it, but it kind of sounds like it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they'll be they'll be running through a uh, sound check here, but yeah, I I think UConn wins today easily. Uh, I, I do. I just think UConn they're going to sell this place out. Twenty thousand people are going to be in here and probably 10 or 11,000 of them are going to be UConn fans. So yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be something. Hey, uh, any vibe around there, Paul, last night, because you are in New York. I know you're not in Syracuse, New York, but you're around a lot of big time college basketball people. Uh, what was the reaction, if any, about the Jim Beheim news? Yeah. So I was sitting here. Can you guys hear me? Is it okay? Yeah, we hear you you fine. Hear you're me? fine. You're good. Okay. Okay. Um, so yeah. So I was sitting here and we were all talking about it. We we were watching the the Syracuse game and saw the buzzer beater. And then all of a sudden, the press conference started trickling in, and everybody was kind of thinking, "Is he done? Is he done? Is he done?" Went back to the went back to the uh, dining room for dinner, and we were all sitting around talking. And then all of a sudden, it came in. We weren't shocked. I mean, Tom, Casey, guys, Reed. We we've all heard my take on this 
throughout you know the last few weeks that Jim Beheim, as you say, Tom, a tired act, tired act, and uh, it was it was time for it was time for him to retire. And uh, I don't know exactly how they phrased it. If it was that he was yeah. retiring or yeah, I mean that's what I that, said in the was monologue. That how they phrased it. Yeah, I couldn't tell whether he retired. I mean, he made some comment that, hey, you know, I, I, I tipped off I was retiring a, a week ago and none of you guys picked up on it in some post-game press conference. Um, but then he went on to say yesterday, I've not been asked to do anything with the university moving forward in any form or fashion, uh, which I think most of us would feel like that would be something, you know, for nothing else an emeritus kind of thing. Uh, I couldn't tell if he was fired or whether he retired. Well, so the vibe that I kind of got was he wanted to make it clear that he didn't want to retire, and it was more of the university pushing him out. Gotcha. And that was that was how I that was how I read into it that it was like, hey, I'm gonna step away. This is it. But I just want to make it clear that this is not my decision. And if I came back next year, I would love to come back next year. Um, but. I, it just it was over it's it's done and clearly they had been planning it because they immediately named a successor so yeah. um it, you know and i don't know too much about him uh, i gotta do a little gotta do a little digging on him today but uh yeah it'll be uh it, just good for syracuse because that's a basketball program that has the opportunity to be really good again in the acc and it's a shame that they haven't really been at that level if, if jim's been kind of hanging on a little too long all right, well, before we let you go, and we'll have you again tomorrow, uh, Paul, you are getting all kinds of comments in uh -oh. the chat about how drip you are today. In fact, <laughs> where's the comment? I love this one. Everett says there's so much drip on Paul right now, they're going to need mop buckets after this interview is over. <laughs> so, I mean, you show up with a sport coat and the tie, you look like a uh, – a refugee, kind of like hanging out here when you show up for work. I'm not sure what the deal is. But <laughs> I mean, now you look like a million bucks because you're working for the Big East Conference. <laughs> you, want me to, you want me to come in on Monday, Tom, wearing a tie? I'll wear, I'll wear this outfit just for you. Tom you wore a tie yesterday. I wore one yesterday. I did. I saw that. I watched yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, now, let me ask you this. Uh, no, I just want to give you a heads okay. up because uh, you weren't uh, okay. here in the studio with us and you weren't uh, uh, backstage, so to speak, in the green room uh, before we started. Yeah. But um, what we're going to do is because you and I and Casey have talked all year long about when the tournament starts, Selection Sunday is this week, um, that we're uh, going to be picking brackets, okay, filling out our brackets. So just to give yeah. you a heads up, because they come out Sunday, late in the afternoon, early evening. We are going to wait to unveil those on Tuesday. Okay? Okay. So you got to fill right. it out, make it legible so we can read it, because we're going to take pictures and then put them up on the screen, region by region, and then a picture of the, the, the whole bracket, the whole tournament uh, for who gets to the final four, semifinals, championship game, etc. So be ready for that on Tuesday. You got it, Tom. You got right, it. Last question, real right. quick. Do you think, yeah, no, no, Seth you're, Davis you said it yesterday, Seth Davis thinks, he said that he really believes that if Xavier wants to be in that four spot there, uh, as far as a four seed is concerned, he thought they needed to win one, maybe two games in this tournament. You agree or disagree? So here's, what's, here's, here's the thing about that, which is – 
where DePaul comes into play. I talked with the bracketologist on the rebound rundown yesterday or two days ago about this. What the NCAA tournament does, what the selection committee does, is they'll do a, a an initial scrub of the entire list, and they'll basically just go through and seed everybody today uh, at the end of the day today or maybe in the middle of the day today, and they will put everybody in a list, and then they will, if any big results happen, they'll go back and adjust it as the weekend goes along. So I think if Xavier beats DePaul today, because that does become kind of a, a bad loss on their resume. Not a horrible loss, but it's not a great loss if Xavier was to lose to DePaul tonight. If they avoid a loss to DePaul, I think that for sure seals up a four seed just with the way that the rest of the tournaments are going right now. I think Xavier will be on the four line for sure if they win today. If they were to win the whole thing, if they were to win the Big East, I think we could now have a conversation about them moving up to the three line. Yep. But I think the four, I think the four lines where they're going to end up. Okay. All right, Paul, thanks for your time. I know you're very, very busy. You'll be there. So you got there what time this morning and you'll be here how late tonight? So I got here at 10. I had to do a, uh, I had to preview on the Jumbotron, which is why I had to wear a tie today. Outside I mean, you of were on the Jumbotron at Madison Square Garden. Well, so I do like a minute, like a, hey, here's what, hey, fans, here's what happened yesterday. Here's what to expect today before every game. So we had to film those just, just now. Yeah. Boy, you talk about a big leaguer. Has his Do you want me to get a video? I'll get a video of it. Night. I'll get a video of it and I'll send it to you. I got, we got to have it. I mean, what? are you kidding right. me? Madison Square Garden, Paul Fritschner None regularly of on the Jumbotron? What no. the hell's he doing here every day? Tom, you haven't even been in the building. No. And he's on the Jumbotron. Nope. That is big time. Big League Paul. That's his new nickname now. Big League Paul. He's gone yeah. from Hamilton, Ohio. I'm fine with the Baja Blast lover. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Paulie, be well, my friend. Enjoy the games today. All right. All right. Thanks, Paul Tom. We'll kind enough to join us. That's good stuff. Yeah. So you were going to follow up as one of your games. Boy, that's big time. That's BLP. Big League Paul. I BLP. like that. BLP. I like that. BLP. I mean, the chat is going crazy. Crazy. Big League Paul. Big time. Jumbo Paul. It's nice to see one of Chatterbox's own get up on the Jumbotron at Madison Square Garden. Now, do you think they're putting a little Chatterbox Sports logo underneath him up there? Mm. Any chance of that? No. 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 It'd be great if they did. Get us a little pub. You're right. Get us a little pub. We could use it. Okay, you were starting to talk about X, though. Okay, because you're, you're, you're zeroing in on Xavier and the Big East Conference. Yeah, so Paul just brought up a good point. And I was actually listening to Paul's uh, podcast a couple of days ago talking about Xavier in this tournament. And if Xavier wins tonight, as Paul said, they pretty much locked up that they're going to be on the four seed line. If they, if they lose tonight, then they drop down to a five more than likely. I don't see a scenario in which they get to the three seed besides winning the whole thing. So there was actually an analyst on Paul's podcast a couple days ago that brought up the point is, does Xavier even want to go deep in this Big East tournament? Because, you know, they're banged up. Zach Freeman was out. They're already short-staffed. They don't have a whole lot of depth on that roster already. Yep. So why, why do they want to exhaust these players, play uh, three games in, in four days, Three going, days. In three days. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Three games in three days going into the tournament where they're trying to make a run to the Sweet 16, Elite Eight, and even further. Yep. It's, it might not be the best thing for them. Yeah, you want to win today, beat DePaul, but if they lose tomorrow, so be it. 
they get the four seed if they beat DePaul, and then they they focus more on the tournament ahead, not so much the Big East tournament. I think that's I think that's a, a, an astute point and a fair analysis of that. All right, um, Casey, your second game of the day. Another local team, the Dayton Flyers. Oh, UD. UD. Number two seed. A lot of their fans counted them out ever going into the tournament. And uh, the way it's shaking out right now, they're going to have a really good chance of winning it in their conference. Um, they play St. Joseph's. Uh, it's the number 10 in their conference right now. And then they're going to play the winner of the Fordham-LaSalle game. Yep, Fordham the three seed. And I think from there, I mean, they have a pretty good chance of I, – I like their chances. I think they're, they were always underrated. I think they had a tough out-of-conference schedule with Wisconsin, North Carolina State, and BYU, which BYU went to overtime. Um, they might not be Dayton of a couple years ago, right. but they're still a pretty decent team. They yeah. deserve to be in the conference – or not the conference. They deserve to be in the college tournament, and I think they, I think they do it. I think they, uh, they win today. I think they went out the rest of the way, finish up the A10. You have the top the four seeds that are still all alive in the A10 tournament. The only big uh, quote unquote upset, I guess, was, uh, and it is an upset. Last night, LaSalle, the 11 seed, beating the six seed Duquesne. But yeah, the top four teams. VCU and St. Louis on the other side of the bracket. VCU, the number one seed. Bottom half of the bracket, as you mentioned, Dayton, the two seed. Fordham, the three seed. Um, so Dayton plays at five o'clock. All right. Uh, we've covered both your games. We yep. have. All right. And my other game is North Carolina, Virginia. Hmm. Um, Virginia's got a good team. They play excellent defense. Uh, they're extremely well coached. Uh, but the issue for Virginia for a long time has been uh, a lack of scoring. And North Carolina is a team uh, you know, th that is flawed for sure. But they play last night, and with all of the – you heard Seth Davis yesterday. I keep getting back to that interview. He pointed out yesterday that North Carolina guard Caleb Love, remember last year, he had three of the best halves by a player of any player in the history of the NCAA tournament. He had one game and a half where he had 28, another one he had 31, another one he had 27. Well, he hadn't been that way this year. He's not had a good year. But they played their first ACC tournament game yesterday. He puts up 22. Carolina wins the game easily over Boston College. They've already beaten Virginia once this year. It's going to be more of a home crowd. Carolina, make no mistake about it, through all of Duke's success, when the ACC tournament is played, North Carolina is still the state school of Ohio. I mean, of, of North Carolina. And they play this tournament this year in Greensboro, North Carolina. It will be a home game, basically, for North Carolina. And, and, and look, they probably have to win out, although with that brand... If they were to beat Virginia, they're in the same half of the bracket. They stay away from Miami and Duke until a potential title game. They're on the other half of the bracket with a good NC State team. 
Clemson, if Carolina can, can beat Virginia, if they can win that next game against either NC State or Clemson and get to the title game, I have a hard time believing that that committee sitting inside of a room, you guys tell me different. I have a hard time believing if you're looking at an 11 seed going into the play-in games, right? Yeah. Okay. Or the first, what do they call it? First four. First four. It, right. I have a hard time believing that brand is not showing up in Dayton Tuesday or Wednesday night. You agree or disagree? Listen, money rules all. And if they know that they can put North Carolina in that first four, sell a few more tickets, over, I don't even know who, who would be next. Wisconsin was was near that line. They lost yesterday. They're done. Right. So now you're looking at North Carolina just moving up one step further. I agree with you, Tom. The, the front of your jersey matters. It matters selling tickets. It matters when you're on the floor. And it certainly matters when it comes time to just select who's going to be in the tournament. So if North Carolina can beat a Virginia, fine. You know, you, you mentioned Virginia. They always play defensive basketball, which puts you in a position similar to, we said, Iowa with three-point shooting. When you play great defensive basketball, you can beat anybody. You can also can lose to anybody. UNC is talented enough to beat this Virginia squad. They go to the championship. I don't see how the tournament leaves them out. All right. Now, it, 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 just to, it, to back up what you're saying here, yep. okay, Joe Lenardi, who does a phenomenal job on bracketology, yep. okay, he, he's posting every night after games are played mm -hmm. in conference tournaments. Last night he posted 11.30 last night. His updated bracketology. So the last four buys, okay? So let's think about this for a second now as it pertains to Carolina. The last four buys are NC State, Boise State, Pittsburgh, and Mississippi State. Two of those teams play in the ACC tournament, NC State and Pitt. If Carolina beats Virginia, they have a chance to play NC State beating a top 10 team like Virginia, okay, last four in, last four in. So this is to, to, to play in Dayton, Penn State, Rutgers, Oklahoma State, Utah State. And then the first four out, you have Arizona State who plays in the Pac-12, Nevada, North Carolina, you mentioned Wisconsin. So in theory, North Carolina, according to Joe Lenardi's bracketology, right. is sitting in the three hole to try and just get in. Yeah. If they find a way to beat Virginia and Pitt gets knocked off early or uh, Carolina then turns around and beats NC State, Carolina's going to the tournament. No doubt about it. And, and you look at those last four in. They're all playing today. I don't know about Utah State, but Rutgers, Penn State, and Oklahoma State are all playing. If North Carolina beats Virginia, they have a better win than those three teams. Penn State's playing. I'm, I'm pulling up the, the Big Ten. Penn State's playing Illinois. Virginia's a better team than Illinois. You, you pull up the Pac-12. Arizona State's playing USC. Virginia's a better team than USC. You pull up the final game, and I, I apologize. The final game is Rutgers versus Michigan. If Rutgers beats Michigan, still doesn't top what UNC would do if they beat Virginia. So they're they're getting the best quality win here. And on top of it, a couple losses, you sneak them right in. I'm right with you, Tom. I'm right with you. Okay. So, um, and, and, and just to finish the whole big picture, I laid out the bottom half of the bracket. The other half of the bracket, you do have Pitt, who's a good team. They've got a good team. 
But the two best teams on that part of the bracket by far mm. are Duke and Miami. Um, and uh, one of those two teams will be in the title game against whoever comes out of the bottom half. Uh, and you go from there. In the latest, Joe Lenardi, uh, only five. He has five teams from the ACC going to the tournament. He has nine Big Ten teams. Eight SEC teams, eight Big 12 teams. I don't know how the Big 10 can have more than the Big 12. I, I just don't get that at all. And then you got the ACC, the Big East with five, Pac-12, three, Mountain West, three. Wow. WCC, two, American, two. And we'll get to UC with Terry Nelson coming up at 11 o'clock. All right. Do we have point spreads for these games? Now that we've decided the six games that we are looking at, from our friends at Betfred Sportsbook. Uh, yeah, pulling them up right, right now. I tell you what, while you pull them up, let's take a break. Okay. All right, and then we'll come back and make our picks for these six games tonight. Thanks for joining us on Off the Bench. We're back in a minute. At United Dairy Farmers, we've perfected freshness in our family bakery, where we use only the finest ingredients, like thick, high-quality glazes on our signature donuts, before delivering them fresh from bakery to store every day. UDF, made for you. If your AC or furnace is struggling, turn to the experts at Bartels Heating and Cooling. Their certified technicians get the job done right the first time, and if you need a new unit, Bartels will give you upfront pricing with no hidden fees. Plus, Ask about Bartell's 0% interest financing for 60 months. Learn more at bartellsheatingandcooling.com. Bartell's Heating and Cooling, for a comfortable way of life. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, proudly sponsoring high school football with three locations in Mason, Liberty Township, and Ross, Ohio. Our 10-foot screens guarantee a great view from every seat in the house. Eli's Sports Bar and Grill, the best place in Cincinnati for sports, food, and fun. turn when you're in pain. Turn where more high school, college, and pro athletes turn. Where your neighbors and weekend warriors turn. Turn to Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine and get superior care on your schedule. That's the Beacon difference. Check out our fresh arrivals at Jake Sweeney Used Cars. Over 250 used vehicles weekly. All makes, all models. From economy to luxury, Jake Sweeney, the original used car superstore. Casey, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Am I a ham and egger today, or is that just you and Paul? No, you're you're an honorary. My bacon, ham and my, egg. my my sausage, or what, my another mm. breakfast meat. Maybe. You know what makes Maybe me a ham and egger is the fact that I no longer drink regular water. No, you don't drink regular water. No, I I have a refined taste, so I've started drinking you know alkaline water. It's Proven to show superior hydration benefits. And Pawnee Water, no one does it better than Pawnee Water bottles right here. And Hamilton, Ohio, their superior natural limestone filtration makes this stuff taste great. It's the best stuff, best tasting water in the world. That is PawneeWater.com, P-A-H-H-N-I, water.com. And you can buy some of this best tasting water in the world. I'm serious, guys. Got to get, get a rack of this stuff. Casey, are you unretired yet? No, I am not unretired yet. I've been firmly retired. I've been given offers to 
get back in the game, and um, those offers have uh, not worked out. Dissipated. Dissipated. They mm-hmm. have, they they did not hit. So, still out of the betting game, which you know, in all fairness, I've not done well. So it's been it's well, been fu- fine. You're funny. I'm, to- I'm okay with being out for this long. If I'm going to be this cold, right? I don't want to be throwing money down when I you know I'm on a cold streak. I, so. I, I believe you. Plus, you got a, you got a wedding coming up, so you gotta you gotta keep that those funds allotted in the in the right direction. Yeah, Tracy might have something to say about that a little bit later. He might. He, he's always there to give me some great advice. He really is. You know, a lot of people talk about leaning into God when you have problems and all that kind of thing, at least as it pertains to maybe some of your finances leading up to your wedding. Leaning into Tracy, who, of course, owns his own financial you know, empire uh, and, and managing other people's money. He's a guy that, you know, perhaps uh, it seems like, Casey, you should consider leaning into a little bit. Yes, I'll definitely take that advice and lean into okay. his okay. financial his expertise. Advice. His expertise. Okay. Um, all right, let's get to it. We got we got the games that we uh, have. Somebody's got to write this down, if you don't mind, fellas. I got it. Okay, and uh, as to how we do, we can uh, check it out tomorrow. But how we're going to do on our games that we've chosen uh, that are being played today and or tonight. Where do we start? Um, let's start with your games, Tom. One of the games you had, North Carolina versus Virginia. Virginia is favored by two and a half points. Two and a half. Yep. I'm taking the Tar Heels in that one. Okay. All right. So I get the Tar Heels in two and a half. Yep. All right. Casey, you taking Virginia or you taking taking North Carolina? Um, I'm going to take North Carolina in this one. I was going to take North Carolina, but I just like going against the grain. So I'll take Virginia tonight just – you know, they're favored by two and a half. So, give me, give me the Cavs. Virginia's better coached. I will say that. Yeah, they've got a great coach. Over they there. got a great coach. He is a – Tony Bennett is a great coach. Okay. Um, next up. Your alma mater. Well, you don't even have to ask me, big boy. What's the line in that one? One point. Who's favored? Ohio is favored by one point. The – it's not Ohio. It's the Ohio University. And I am taking the green and white. Can you Bobcats! Say, can you say that as an Ohio State fan? Can you say because that's their thing, right? If Ohio, Ohio University State. plays Ohio State in anything, I am rooting for Ohio University All right, fair in enough. anything. Fair enough. A-Town, be rocking tonight. Oof. Um, hmm. What am I gonna pick then? Uh, it's at one, right? Man, that's tough. I, I like Bobcats, but got a lot of ties to Ball State and a lot of guys down there. You going chirp, chirp? I, I'm going to chirp, chirp on this one. I'm going to go against Tom on this. Oh, my gosh, Casey. You're picking Ball State? Yeah. Chirp, chirp. Oh, my. Well, what's chirp, chirp? What does that mean? That's their, that's their thing at Ball State. Chirp, chirp. Well, just because they have that, you should not root for them. No, I'm not going to. Chirp, chirp. I got, what's OU's like, like little mantra? All they got is this right here, big boy. OU. That's I hear. You oh yeah. Do. You barely oh, you, even oh, have yeah. to w- move your arms much. Oh, oh. you. So they're lazy. Go ahead. They're lazy over there at Ohio University. Jordan apparently is a uh, is an alum. He's on the chat. Jordan is an alum of Ball State, as is my mother-in-law, by the way, and she's watching. I'm sure very early out in Arizona right now. 
Uh, too bad for him, too bad for her. And you're picking... I'm Reed? taking Ohio. Yes, sir. I'm from the state. Got to take the Bobbies. Roll that's, Bobbies. That's exactly right. The state. That's that's you can't pick against Ohio, against some team from Indiana. Right. Well, unless... Or any other state for that matter. Unless the Hoosiers are playing Ohio State. Because I like IU. So... Yeah. Yeah, Hoosiers? I like you you got to like the Hoosiers. All right. So, Casey, you had Dayton as one of your games. They are 10.5-point favorites. Ooh, that's a big number, Doctor. <laughs> Over St. Joe's. Um, are you, th- you thinking the Flyers fly high? Man, really? Man, it, I'm, I'm just looking at scores and odds here. They are 58% of the bets, but 34% of the money. Um, I'll, take, I'll take the underdogs. I think Dayton gets it done. I just don't know they can get that's a lot of points is what you're saying too many points it's 11 points that they would have to get over to win that so yeah i'm taking st joseph's all right just as a point of reference in case you wanted it casey before you made your pick here during the regular season when they played st joseph's in dayton uh they beat them by 20 Mm. neutral site though yeah, it's at and a that's the only site. time they played them during the season. Neutral site. Yeah, you're right. It's a big deal because UD Arena is a very hard place to win. T- Tom, I'm taking the Flyers. I am too. I think they're the most talented team in the A-10. Yep. I think they roll here. I am too. I'm All taking right. Dayton as well. All right. Ten and a half? Ten and a half. Boy, that's a big number. A okay. All right, well, uh, again. Yeah, I would go against the grain anyways. If you two ended up making that pick, I would have switched it here on this one. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, then this time, Reed will pick first, and so we can, and then you go second this time, Casey, and then okay. I'll go, and we'll flip-flop that around next. Okay. All right, since I'm going to pick first, I'll take, I'll take my Muskies. Muskies playing DePaul. They are 12-and-a-half-point favorites in the first round of the Big East Tournament, or I guess the second round. Um, I like the Muskies. I, I think they, when they lost earlier this year, they were not as astute defensively with Jerome Hunter starting now over Zach Fremantle. I think it's going to be harder for DePaul to score. Give me the Muskies 12 and a half win by 13. Ooh. Um, yeah, I, I like the thought there. They last, last time they beat them 68 to 82. I'm not really good at math, but that's 14. Yeah. And so I'm going to, Shave off a few points. I think DePaul actually covers this. Okay. I do think Xavier wins, but I think DePaul, because it's not at Xavier, it's not at the toss, I think they can uh, they can manage to get a few more points. Casey, I'll give you $5 if you can tell me what DePaul's mascot is. Mm. Um, mm. Is it some type of bird? Nope. A bird? It, they are the blue demons, Casey. The blue demons. They are the blue demons. That's right. Tom? You got uh, Xavier, no, Xavier might win this game by 40. <laughs> I love Okay. Xavier was, is going to destroy them tonight. I always knew you were a musky guy, Tom. Always knew you had the musky deep down in you. All right. The final two games, or I think we got one more game left. Two games left. Two games left. Iowa versus Ohio State University. Iowa is favored by four points over the Buckeyes. Tom, you want to take take the lead here? I will take the lead, and I am taking the mighty Buckeyes. They're getting how many? Four. They're getting. Yep, they're getting four points. Mighty Buckeyes. Gonna feel like the old St. John Arena there tonight in Chicago. <laughs> um, 
it's a system play. I just, yeah, I got to take Ohio State. It's a system play. It's, it's a, a system it's play. It's a really good one, too. What does that too. mean, system play? What, what does that mean? I'm not um, a gambler. Is, is that a gambling term? So every, every gambler has their own quote-unquote system. Here in the office, we just fade the public. So if all the money is on one team, we go the opposite. Okay. And he's saying all the money's on Iowa right now. Okay. So he's, he's going Ohio State. I have bet against Ohio State for each of their games this year. This Since 2023 has so started. So you're in the black. I'm winning a lot of money. It has not gone so well. I think they've covered their last three or four. But I think Iowa's going to take it tonight. Okay. Give me the Hawkeyes by four. I would not be surprised by that. Oh, Iowa, I think, is a really good team. And I think Iowa's a team that could make a run in the NCAA tournament. they got to make their shots. But they got they got it's a good lot. team. All right. And then what's our last game? It's the nightcap. 9.30 game there in the Big 12. TCU, Horn Frogs, playing against K-State. K-State's favored by two points. What's your pick, Reed? Uh, I'm going to go. I don't know. I, I, I love Andy Dalton. Love LaDainian Thomas. Andy Dalton? <laughs> hey, TCU. Don't I... drag him into a big game. Don't <laughs> drag that name that. into a big game. Do not do that. I love Andy Dalton, but don't drag him into the big game. Okay, LaDainian Thomas. Max Duggan. Max Duggan. Leader of men. Where is it? Where's this? Leader of men. There That's it right. is. Max Duggan. All right. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take TCU in this one over K-State. That a boy. And what's the line? Two points. K-State's favored by two. Okay. Casey. Just two, huh? Um ooh, just two. I think, yeah, I'm gonna oh, man, that's a tough game. K-State's good, man. Uh, they are good. They're good. I apologize. TCU is favored by two points. I got that wrong. Not surprised. TCU's favored by two points. So give me K-State. Oh. I mean, oh. I apologize. I'm still sticking with TCU. I'm getting Which my... is it? There's only yeah. two teams, for God's sake. <laughs> I'm, getting my, I'm getting my head all, all in a pretzel here. I'm taking TCU. TCU is favored by two. Okay. Casey? Um... I'm going to try to decipher all that pretzelness and go with Kansas State instead and fade. Well, you're not lying here. about that. Okay. And I'm taking the Horned Frogs. Go Frogs! All right. All right. Horned Frogs tonight. Um, so we're going to find out how we did tomorrow. We'll do the same thing again tomorrow because tomorrow we're really getting I mean, you talk about potential heavyweight games. Yeah. I mean, the Big 12 has them all day today. Right. But my, oh, my. Tomorrow in the Big East, you could have Xavier against Creighton mm -hmm. or Villanova, but it's going to be Creighton. Um, you could have UConn against Marquette or Providence against Marquette, right? Then you get in the Big 12. I mean, good Lord. Some of the games you could have there are just going to be, not could have, will have. Unbelievable. Uh, the drama of the ACC and the whole Carolina thing going on. Tomorrow, of course, the University of Cincinnati. Uh, picked up its 20th win of the season, final game of the regular year uh, over SMU on Sunday. UC comes in as a four seed uh, into the game, and, and they didn't have to wait around to find out who they were going to play. They knew they were going to play the five seed in the first round, Temple, uh, a team they played twice. They lost at Temple, came back in a very exciting game, uh, and beat Temple uh, at Fifth Third Arena. And the man who's already down there in Fort Worth, Texas, sitting in his hotel room, my main man, T. Nelson. Terry, 
How's hey, it going, what's man? What's going on, T? How you doing, buddy? All is well, brother. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I mean, you you stay in a big league hotel down there in Fort Worth. I mean, that's a good town, man. <laughs> yeah, when you get four dollar bottles of water that they're trying to tempt you to drink, it's a very expensive <laughs> hotel. All right, uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Bearcats. Uh, I have said mm-hmm. on this show, and I know that some of the, you know, the the analytic ratings and all of this kind of thing, and on and on and on and on. Having watched you see enough this year. I think we all agree universally that as of today, they're not going to make the tournament. Um, I think you start getting into some debate here, for me anyway, maybe not according to everybody else. I want to hear what you think. I think they win this game tomorrow, uh, and if they can find a way to knock off, you know, potentially, well, it would be Houston. Um, if they were to beat Houston and get to the championship game, Terry, I think they got a chance to get in. Do you or am I crazy? Well, I've heard some people say if we win against Houston, then that will get us into the NIT. And I'm thinking if we can beat Houston, then why not go ahead and try to win the championship and beat Memphis probably most likely in that championship and just take the automatic big and and leave all the questioning, uh, just leave that stuff alone. Because if we can beat Houston, then we can beat anybody. We've shown, this Bearcats team has shown that they can play with anybody but then on certain nights, they can also lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Temple game, uh, it was an ugly game up in Philly uh, early in the year. Um, and then the, the, the game was so exciting here, wound up going to overtime. Shouldn't have gone to overtime, but it did. Um, th- th- this is no pushover. Uh, Temple's got a good team. They're well coached. Um, what do you think, having seen them play twice already, uh, is the difference between winning and losing for the Bearcats tomorrow? Staying out of foul trouble. You know, one thing that Damian done, uh, what he does is once he gets you on his side, uh, he jumps into you with almost with every shot. I mean, he'll get to the free throw line 12 times a game. And, you know, the, what really helped us last time, you know, we had the lead and we, you know, we kept fouling. He got our bigs in foul trouble. But for them to lose Khalif Battle, their leading score, really hurt Temple. You know, he got into it with Coach McKee, what I assume, and Coach McKee kicked him off the team. And he was their leading score, averaging nearly 18 points a game. And he's a guy, when he was on the floor, remember, they beat Houston in Houston. Houston only has two losses. Uh, and so they were the one that beat them on their home floor, as well as uh, Alabama beat Houston as well. So we got to make sure that we stay out of foul trouble, we get what we're supposed to get out of the offense, make it move from left to right because they're going to pack line the defense, play some sagging zone, and really load the box to try to take away Victor. And then Victor Locken can use that high post to pass out of it and get the three-point shot going. And if we're on, we'll be okay. Um, you know, T- Terry, you've been around the program a long, long time. Uh, you were an outstanding player on back-to-back teams that went to the Final Four, that went to the Elite Eight. You got jobbed in that game against Carolina. Still ticks me off, that whole thing. But, Tick to um, this day. I, I mean, it really. I, you know, um, <laughs> I, I, I was so angry I couldn't see straight uh, and still get upset about it. But David DeJulius. And and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and you know, can you put into words, Terry, for a guy who's been around guys that have been around that program, whether it's two-year guys like yourself and Van Exel and Blunt and, 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 and Herb Jones, the late Herb Jones and all those guys, but, but as a four-year guy here at UC uh, after coming in, um, 
How do you see him among some of the all-time players that you see? I'm not asking you if he's better than all those guys or who he's better than or not better than, but but as far mm-hmm. as just being an example for other players and the UC program. Yeah, he actually three years. Uh, three, year I forget, yeah, Michigan. three years. Right, right, right. Yeah. But to see his, uh, and Wes Miller will attest to this, his Kobe Bryant-like attention to detail and work ethic. Like he, 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 you come into the gym, practices at, you know, two thirty, three o'clock, uh, 1.30, he's already lathered up. He, he's getting his work in, he's getting his pre-work in, he's doing workouts, doing footwork drills. He's doing ball handling drills. He's doing vision training, which is very important for athletes to visualize what it is that your desired outcome to do and not just go in the gym and just start working on shots and getting shots up. Visualize how the defense is going to play you. Visualize how you're going to beat your opponent, but to see him put the work in and then off the floor to see how he treats the fans. You know, when I played, guys used to run out the back door after the game because they didn't want to sign the autographs or they didn't want to see the pair of women that they had left tickets for (laughs) waiting out in the stands (laughs) for them to come out. David DeJulius comes out and he'll sign the same autograph of the same kid who has you know, maybe a different shirt on and, and a hat and a, and a poster. He'll sign everything. Now, on his way to the locker room, we do the you warm up in game times. And then, you know, the players will have their headphones on and they're trying to get into a mindset before they head out, uh, you know, go back out on the court. As he's running into the locker room, kids are hanging over the rails. Dave, would you sign this? He'll stop, pull his headphones off, sign every piece that they put out there take selfies with them to make sure that they can document it, that they actually got this from David DeJulius, and then he'll run back in. So when you see little things like that, when you see other athletes, you know, kind of shoo them off, like, you know, wait till after the game, but you see him stop and take time for people. It's the moments that you can never get back. Mm -hmm. You you don't know how you're affecting somebody until years, maybe years later, when they come back and say, you don't remember me, but you signed this for my son and my son went and took it to school and he took the picture, he blew it up on the wall. Like, you just don't know how you're gonna affect somebody. And so to see him over the years, to see him reminds me a lot of Gary Clark, the heart that Gary Clark had and how he meant to the community, how he meant to people, not just a good basketball player, even better person, but how he treated people. So when I look at David Julius, he stacks up there with some of the greats, some of the legends that we had, and we won't really appreciate him until he's gone. Which brings me to my next question, and that is simply this. Uh, you know, th- there are some players that have decisions to make. Unfortunately, DeJulius is not one of them uh, about whether they want to take that extra COVID year uh, looking ahead to next season or not. Are you getting a feeling mm-hmm. from, from any of the guys on, on where they are with those decisions, or is everybody just focused in on this tournament starting tomorrow night? Well, some of this, it's going to be a 50-50 decision. Uh, you know, some of them will have the decision to make whether they want to come back or not, and others will have the conversation from coach, and coach telling them maybe you need to look somewhere else, uh, looking for more playing time because heading into the Big East or Big 12, we're going to need to upgrade in certain areas, and we need scholarships, we need bodies. So it's going to be a half-and-half half decision. Uh, people that, that came in here and put it down, we love them, and we know that it's, you know, when people come to be Bearcats, a lot of them really don't want to leave because the grass is not always greener. I mean, we are a sports-crazed town. You know about Cincinnati. Yep. There's no professional basketball team. So you got the FC Cincinnati, the Bengals, the Reds. You got all these different professional sports teams 
But when it comes to basketball, it's Bearcat basketball. Xavier's a fine program. Bearcat basketball in Cincinnati. Uh, and so when you come here, you have to understand that uh, it's a it's a process that you're going to give everything you have. You're going to get an excellent education. You're going to have resources that will carry you well beyond in your life. But sometimes that decisions aren't left up to you. So some of these guys will be back. Some won't, unfortunately. Hey, Terry, I, I don't know if you saw this today, but, but, but I stumbled upon this article that's written in the Sporting News. And, of course, that used to be a phenomenal uh, publication for a long time. Not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know Bill Bender, but he wrote an article today which is one of the most interesting articles I have ever read in my life. And I, and I would encourage you to go read it. It, it. it asks the question, what if Kenyon Martin didn't break his leg? That was 23 years ago today. And all of us kind of pretty much remember where we were and that happened. I was driving by myself across the United States of America to move to Arizona. And I had stopped in Joplin, Missouri, just to watch the UC game uh, that day in the conference tournament. And, And it goes on to say how one freak injury altered college basketball. They have a lot of quotes in here from Steve Logan, who was a sophomore on that team. Um, but, but then it gets into all kinds of different things about, like, you know, they, they, they lose to, um, to Tulsa uh, after they drop to a two seed. Bill Self was the coach at Tulsa. Would Bill Self have gotten uh, that mm. next job at Illinois? It goes into a lot of different things. Would Hugs have stayed here if that Cincinnati team goes on and wins a national championship? As you look back on that whole thing, and it's a day so many of us here in Cincinnati and Bearcat fans remember, uh, you don't have a crystal ball. I don't have a crystal ball. But but did you think they were the best team in the country that year? Without a doubt, they were the best team uh, with the best player. Kenyon had the most dominant year defensively since Patrick Ewing. I mean, people were afraid to shoot the ball around him because, one, he would throw it into the third and fourth row, then go look for the ball, then go retrieve it and hand it back to the ref as if, like, you know, I made this mess. I'll clean it up for you. <laughs> then he would just jump and grab the ball off the, out of the air and start a fast break with it, which is demoralizing, you know, and then he would get the ball back and slam it, hang on the rim and point, and then come back down and look to do it again. He wasn't a guy that would just celebrate. Like, he was greedy with his blocks. He was greedy with his rebounds. He was greedy with his intimidation, passed it out to everybody. If he did not break his leg with the talent they had around him, because he would have been double teamed, but DeMar Johnson and Kenny Satterfield penetrating, and Pete Michael, which I thought was one of the best wing defenders in college basketball, they had a lot of, you know, tape, you know, being another power forward, Ryan Fletcher. They had all the pieces necessary, but it was like the sun. Everything revolved around Kenyon Martin. And when he broke his leg, you still had enough that probably could have got you to the Elite Eight with the talent they had there. But the spirit was gone. Yeah. The guy that was in the back constantly talking, uh, you know, and so Huggins probably, he wins a national championship. And who knows the amount of recruits that come after that? Who knows the trajectory of the program after that? His contract situation. Um, who's getting coaching jobs out of his coaching tree? You know, all these different things and not just the ramifications of Bill Self going to Illinois and all this other stuff, but the amount of people that would have got knocked off. Would those guys have left their situations once they lost and went somewhere else? So the article is spot on. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it really. So you had seen it already. 
I haven't seen it, but I w- I'm definitely going to go look at well, it. Well, I mean, it's really, I mean, it just there. goes to show how sharp you are because, I mean, I, I'm being very yeah. serious about this because you just pointed out a couple of things in that article that I was going to bring up to you, uh, but you were already thinking about them. You know, things okay. like Mick Cronin, who was an assistant coach on that team at the time, right? He was recruiting, yeah. uh, heavily recruiting three players that wound up going to Louisville instead of coming to Cincinnati. Right. And so, you know, the article got into, well, if Cincinnati wins a national championship that year, do those players now come to Cincinnati instead of Louisville, where Rick Patino was in his fourth? I mean, it's interesting you bring that up. All right. Last thing. Um, give me one. Give me one reason why we should believe UC has a chance to win this conference tournament. Uh, David DeJulius and Landers Nolly. <laughs> Landers Nolly is a big game player and he seems to rise to the occasion and David Julius sets the table for everybody else uh, you know he and he started the season he was a playmaker off a step back you know he was a step back shooter could score off of that really dynamic with his ball handling then he became this defensive stalwart this stopper for smaller guards and then he became this awesome playmaker uh, leading the nation in consecutive five plus assist games at 15 now so he has just been awesome distributing the basketball but Landers Nolly is probably a most gifted passer and playmaker and when he's hot he's got the quickest release when he's hot he can absolutely let the thing fly and he'll run off four or five in a row to get you going and if we can get the third person Jeremiah Davenport who I just talked to he was a little upset that he didn't make any of the conference uh, situations that they they came out the awards mm-hmm. if he gets hot he has a crazy plus minus because when he's on the floor he gets a man and a half there's always somebody to help to make sure jeremiah davenport doesn't get the looks that he wants because if he gets looks and he started hitting two three four in a row last year versus memphis at memphis he hit six in a row he had four fouls in the first half coach kept him in Six in a row, six, six. He can he can absolutely knock him out. When the three ball is going for Cincinnati, all across, when you have those three guys doing what they're supposed to do, when they get hot, they can demoralize the defense. Uh, and then on the defensive end, Victor locking, blocking shots, rebounding with Odia Guama, those pick and roll guys. We have the talent to, to win this tournament. And we played everybody in the conference, and they all know they're kind of puzzled, actually, with the up and down nature of the Cincinnati Bearcats because they just see us as that top three team. So if we can go out and play like that one game at a time, starting tomorrow versus Temple, maybe we get Houston, we get Houston going the same thing. And then if we can get past them, I hate to look past that, uh, get another chance to get some revenge uh, with Memphis. All right, last thing I want to ask you about, because this story just came across a wire uh, a second ago that Bill Self, uh, the Kansas head coach is in the hospital. Uh, they're not releasing specifics about his condition, only that he is recovering from an illness. What I want to ask you is this. Kansas plays Huggy Bear and West Virginia today. Uh, when, when you're a top player, as you were for a top program, a top team, and Kansas is at every single year, when all of a sudden you don't have your head coach for a game, is that a big deal? Uh, it is in- unless you have senior leadership. If you got guys that understand the system, understand what he was going to call a good assistant coach who is not trying to be the head coach, but just trying to reiterate because the assistant coach do the, all the game planning. So whoever scouted for that game, whoever did the game planning for that is going to be the lead guy most likely, not your associate head coach. It'll be mostly the lead guy 
who did the scouting report, giving the input to that associate head coach who may be the figure, but you have to have senior leadership. So when the guys are on the floor, they have to know that, look, just because coach is not here, we're probably gonna have different rotation patterns. So don't get out of character, don't shoot shots you're not supposed to because that assistant coach, who's probably a guard coach, if you're a guard and you start taking bad shots, that coach is normally on the bench talking to the head coach saying, put this guy in, put this guy in. And the coach may be like, no, you know, because he wants to see something out of you. Now that that guy is in the, force, in the front seat, if you start going out there playing uncharacteristic because your head coach is not there, then that coach who's now the acting head coach for that particular game may sit you and that may have a ripple effect throughout the entire team because now they realize coach is coaching different because the head man is not there. So it can be an issue if you don't have senior leadership. All right. Terry, we can't thank you enough for your time, my friend. Uh, enjoy Dickey's Arena. That's a big league joint. And uh, go get them tomorrow for your Cincinnati Bearcats. We'll be rooting for them. I appreciate you, man. It's always fun. i got to head down to the bus before they leave me. All right, man. Go. Terry, thank you for your time. They're not leaving Terry Thanks. Nelson. I mean, come on. It's been done. they leave Terry Nelson? <laughs> no, they can't. That can't happen. All right, T. Have a good day. Great having Terry with us. We appreciate his time very, very much. You know, I, I mean, call me crazy. And look, there have been enough games this year where, you know, you would be accurate in saying that I'm crazy. I think Cincinnati has a chance in this tournament. I'm not saying a great chance, but they played in Houston earlier this year. Everybody agrees. I'll bet you if you asked, why am I drawing a blank? Kelvin Sampson, right? I'll bet you if you asked him, should Cincinnati have won that game? Yes, he would say they probably should have won that game, right? They had a big lead, what, 10 minutes left in the game? Yep. And they, they blew it, but it – they're going to be double-digit underdogs against Houston, right? You see. And they're going to be underdogs even if they win that game in the championship game against Memphis. Yep. Maybe they'll be similar. Maybe it'll be a closer spread against Tulane. But they're going to be underdogs two straight games if they get through this one against Temple. But I'm with you, Tom. There's, there's some magical feeling. And maybe we are just wanting a local team to get in. But there's just some magical feeling around like, this is March. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Paul Fridger says, dance with the rebound rundown. So that was uh, going to be a prop. That was going to be a, a parlay that Betfred Sportsbook was going to offer. And the, the parlay was that NKU wins the horizon. Oh, so it's too late to get in on it. Right. So the, the idea was all the teams that Paul covers on the, on the rebound rundown get into the NCAA tournament. Xavier, so that's not even that they're already in the tournament. And then it was going to be NKU win the Horizon. Dayton wins yeah, the A-10. Right. UC wins the American. But here's the really tough one. I don't know if we put in Miami winning the MAC Because he covered Miami. And Miami's not going to win the MAC. No. They are 15-point underdogs right now. And I think they're already losing. I will give it up, though, to Travis Steele. He's, he's a great – I think he's going to do just fine there. He Miami. will do just fine there. And they've not had a great year, but they've had a bet. I mean, look, they qualified for the MAC tournament. Now they backed in mm -hmm. because they had a chance to win their last regular season game and they got beat. But um, it's the first time in a long time that I can remember them even qualifying for the MAC tournament because they only take eight teams. Yeah, I don't know the last time that they qualified. Yeah. Or, but it's so, been a while. They haven't been to the tournament in darn near 20 years. Wally Zerbiak, I think they've made it one time since Wally Zerbiak's. Um, graduated. You know, it was so much fun when it, the four years I was at OU, and I, I've said this before on the show, but 
the, the four years I was at Ohio University were the same four years that Ron Harper was at Miami. Mm. And, uh, and in those four years, Miami won the regular season championship twice. But in those two years, Ohio University won the MAC tournament championship to go to the NCAA tournament. The two other years, Ohio University won the regular season championship. But in those two years, Miami won the conference tournament to go to the NCAA tournament. And man, you know, Miami has had some good basketball teams. Um, It's a beautiful campus. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Uh, it's not OU, but you know, it, it's Miami. But uh, they, they, should be, they, they, they should be better in basketball than they are. Sir Boy Wonder points out what they are. He calls them the high nooners. That's what they drink in Miami. They're not like you and me, Reed, having a cold beer. Miller High Life. That's what we drink in Hamilton. That's what they drink in Athens, Ohio. You don't drink Miller High Life. The last picture I saw of you, you were drinking Michelob Ultra. I'm on a diet. You weren't drinking the champagne of beers. I'm on a diet. Am I right or wrong? You're right. I I drink a lot. I drink two beers. I drink Michelob Ultra and Bush Light. Got to have the light beer. I'm on a diet, Tom. Bush Light. I'm I'm on a beer diet for Lent. They don't drink Miller or I've gone I've gone two and a half weeks now without any alcohol. We've got what, three weeks till till Easter? Yeah, I mean I, I brought this up, you know, and, and you didn't get a chance to weigh in on this. Casey really didn't have much to say about it. Uh Paul a little bit. Uh, you know, I I, I I asked God, I said, listen, I, I said, I, I'm going on our son's spring break, senior year spring break, right? And we've got about 20 families that are all going together. Some of the buddies of his is guy friends, and they're really good friends with the girls, a number of them, right? So we're all going away together, and there's like that. He he can only go for four days because of lacrosse, okay? So I I said to God, I, I, I asked God, I said, if I start five days early, right? And because of Easter being later Mm -hmm. into April, I think Easter is April the 8th, if I'm not mistaken, something like that. Okay, so you got Good Friday, the Friday before that. You know, what are your thoughts? I'd like to hear your thoughts. Do do you think that by starting early, I'm still doing the the, the 40 days, right? You know, when God is tempted by Satan for 40 days, the advent of Lent, right? All this thing where he resisted all temptation, right? Right. Okay, do, do you think I get a... A pass? Do I get a, a pass for four days if, if I started five early and I'm still going to finish on the back end after yeah. the spring break? Okay, so I've got everything that I need to know. So right. you, you're doing 40 days. You, you paid it early. You paid it early No. Well, I'm not going to get to 40 by the time spring break hits. Oof. So you're going to have to pay a little bit afterwards. Well, I am going to pay afterwards. As soon as I walk back in the door, I still have another 11 days. Mm. Okay. So are you going to Florida for spring break? Is that that where you're going? You're going down to Florida? Okay. Based on some of the news stories you hear out of Florida, I don't think – I think that might be out of God's jurisdiction just just based on some of the news stories (laughs) you hear out of Florida. So he might not know what's going on down there in the Sunshine State. So you might be good anyways. 
But I think so you're talking to you're talking to a Catholic here, so stopping drinking's out of the out of the dictionary for, for most Catholics. Well, see, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not Catholic, but but that that's irrelevant. It doesn't make any difference. Some right. of our Catholic friends though are pointing out to me, and I've heard this said before though, by somebody, where on feast days, right? What are feast days? Feast days, I mean, if you're talking about the saints, they're just the days to honor different saints. Okay. But there's also some things about Lent that, like, on Sundays, whatever you give up, you can, you can do it on a Sunday. Oh, really? That's, that's just what we told ourselves to make us feel better about breaking our Lenten promises. See, when I start getting, you know, answers from Sir Boy Wonder, like, Tom, God always forgives. I mean, I, you know, that's good. Like, I know point. that. I'm well aware of that. Lure up your father-in-law, right? My father. I mean, your father. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. Grace abounds, Tom. Uh, AJ says feast days are when us Catholics head to the Golden Corral for lunch. <laughs> you, we get some great comments in here, man. Great comments. The one I liked the best to, was Big Art, though. He says, no, I, they, actually two of them. Um, Big Art says, I was taught that Lent doesn't apply <laughs> When you're on vacation. And uh, what was the other one that I got such a kick out of? Oh, where is it? Somebody said about spreading it out over the, over the whole. Oh, yeah. The real spirit cat. Let's just spread this out over the entire year. Yeah, 40 days without <laughs> drinking. There you go. You get 320 on, 40 off. That is really good stuff. CC, thanks for the kind words. Great show. Uh, always love how diverse across sports uh, the show is. Love the bet picks, too. It's fun stuff. Thanks for everybody doing it. By the way, I want to say thank you. Um, I can't thank you enough. I, you know, I went back home, and um, you know, as fate would have it, uh, yesterday was uh, the Brenneman family's day, and I'm going to just say specifically my wife, Polly, uh, to make dinner for the Telcamp family. I mean, how ironic is that, right? The day we have... If you weren't with us yesterday, Sam Telkamp, 25 years young, beautiful young woman, diagnosed with ALS, um, and her dad and how their family, and we, 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 we came on saying if we were able to raise some money for him, great. If we couldn't, then, then that's okay too. Um, with our donor who matched up to 7000 we are already at $14,000 yesterday for that family now you know trace and sean here at chatterbox and everybody at chatterbox helped kick in on that uh, we had a very large donor juliet i'm not going to give out her last name on the air donated five thousand dollars the family has already contacted me about trying to contact her to say thank you and to everyone else but they wanted me to share with you after our wife my wife made the uh the dinner for them uh late yesterday afternoon and I took it over there to their house. Uh, Dan, the dad, mom, Carol, Sam, the daughter, out front in her wheelchair on a beautiful day, lots of sunshine. Um, they were just overwhelmed and, and so thankful and so grateful. And I want to say to all of you, I don't care if you didn't give a dime and you just said a prayer for them, uh, but many of you donated, you know, $5, $10, $25, $100, whatever. Doesn't matter how much you gave. Just thinking of them or praying for them. If you were able to give, great. If you didn't, great. But thanks so much. 
Um, there are a lot of days, all of us, you put your head on the pillow at night, and you wonder, man, did I do anything good in the world today? And, and uh, yesterday, all of you should feel very good uh, about what you were able to do yesterday. That was good stuff yesterday. That's great. Yeah, I'm just going to quickly, as soon as this loads up, I'm going to just quickly show it one last time. It's currently at 15100 something dollars. Yeah. Um, the web address was secure.givelively.org. And if you uh, want to donate, please, please donate there. Yes. And again, so secure.givelively. Give, G-I-V-E, lively, L-I-V-E-L-Y. Dot org. Dot org. That will go right to, uh, they're trying to buy a, a used van that is, uh, uh, enables Sam or anyone who's in a wheelchair to get uh, into the van. She go to doctor's appointments and go do some of the things that she wants to do, but I can't thank everybody enough. That was truly uh, an incredible day. And I, I just, I really can't thank all of you enough. I mean, you know, the, the, the show, it's very small. We're trying to build up, um, and, and we're trying to branch off from time to time away from sports because the sports is life, as the saying goes, but, but there are a lot more important things out there, and I've known Dan Telkamp and that family a long time. They're not printing money, uh, and, and for all of you to help, thank you. Thank you. All right, well, I don't know what was going on Tuesday, but all of a sudden the tracer – is back in the house. Boy, that is a big league sweatshirt you're wearing there right now, my man. I is mean, there... it, it looks well kept. You know what I mean? It's not faded, nothing like that. Old Montreal Expos. Nah, my good buddy, my best friend got it for me. How cool is that? Is there a better logo in no. sports than the Expos? And that was a great organization, Tom. If I could just take a minute and just, there was some great players on that team. I don't know if you remember back then. And I wrote down a few great players. Uh, boy, that looks good. It does also look good. Got, you know what Tom? people don't know about that? Wow, you got the mug. Too. You know, people don't know about that when you, you, you your logo there. Uh, everybody can tell it's an M. But if you look in the red down there, how it loops around and makes an E, that's actually for Expos. Some you people know? may not know that. <laughs> You know what? I didn't know that. I got to look at this one. You know, I just kind of glance over things. Now I see the E. I, you know, I don't know if you know this, Tom, but I played for the Expo. So, yeah. I know you did. So I, yeah, I did not know that was an E. I oh knew the M, but not the E. But this is a great logo. It really is. But just some of the players, and this goes back to Ham and Eggers have no clue on these guys. Well, maybe they do. Randy Johnson. I didn't know I played with Randy Johnson with the Expos. Until I saw it on a video. I, I forgot that he played for the Expos. Tim Raines. Both Hall of Famers, right? Yep. Myself. Hubie Brooks. Tim Wallach. A couple more. Tracy Jones and Andres Galarraga. Just to name a few of those players that played on that team. And this was the team that finished like four or five games behind uh, the, the Mets, who ended up winning the World Series. And that was a damn good team the Mets had. But it was, we played as a team and everyone got along. Uh, Buck Rogers was the manager. And he, he did this, Tom. 
everybody was the same. They were, we were all equal and treated the same. Now, that's different than Sparky Anderson. Sparky Anderson had different rules for an Alan Trammell, uh, you know, a Lou Whitaker, a, a Jack Morris, than he did for a Tracy Jones, to be quite honest with you. So it was really an enjoyable team, and I liked playing in Montreal. It was good. It was I got to I got to tell you, Tracer, the best, the best, the best baseball team that I saw for a long time uh, in my broadcasting days was the Montreal Expos team of 1994. Now, a lot of people don't remember this yes. team. This is the year the strike hit. The Montreal Expos, when the strike hit, had a record of 74. And 40. 74 and 40. How about this starting lineup for you, Tracer? <clears throat> Moise Salou. Nice. on that team, right? Will Cordero, who was a yeah. great hitter, right? Darren Fletcher was a catcher. Cliff Floyd was on that Cliff team. Cliff could hit. Marquise Grissom Very was on that team, fielder. right? Larry Walker was on that team. Big time. Greatest in Canadian their... hitter all time. No, well, Joey Votto might argue that. Joey Votto, yeah. Okay. But then they had in the starting rotation, Felipe Alou, by the way, was a manager of that team. They were, they were running away with the National League East, okay? I mean, they had backup guys on that team like uh, Rondell White who wound up becoming an outstanding yes. major league player. player. Randy Milligan, solid major league career. I These like are guys sitting on the bench. Okay, yep. but on, in their, in their, in their, on their pitching staff that year, headlined by Pedro Martinez, right? Not, not too shabby, Pedro Martinez. Jeff Fazero was one of the top left-handers in all the baseball yep. back then, yep. right? Yet yep. Ken yep. Hill, who was an outstanding pitcher, in their bullpen, they had Jeff Shaw, who was a setup guy, Mel Rojas, who was a setup guy, John Wetland was the closer oh. of that team. That's a good bullpen. That's, That's a, a good, bullpen. good bullpen. They did yeah. not lose very many that team. They yeah. had a nice it, team. You know, Tom, it, it's it's crazy because we sit here and talk about baseball and. You know, people, baseball's a little, it's in trouble. And we talk about a team back in the 80s or the 70s, and you kept those teams together. And I think one of the big problems, and we've talked about it before, is players coming and going. And that really takes away. My buddy sends me uh, games in the 80s. And I watch those games, Tom. They're like an hour and 30 minutes, very entertaining. The players are hustling. And I'm thinking, what the hell has happened in this game where we have to put a damn pitch clock in the baseball? I, I just cannot. I tried to watch a game the other day with that pitch clock. I cannot stand it. Cannot stand it. All right, wait a minute now. Wait, well, hold on. It's a horrible idea. I want to make sure, because I was going to bring this up to you today. I had told the Ham and Eggers, Casey McAllister, and Reed Mouse. Gentlemen, say good morning to the Tracer. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Trace. Hello, boys. All right, now Reed's a huge baseball guy. He was a big baseball player. He loves baseball. We'll get to him in a okay. minute. But I'm having a hard time, Tracer. I, got, I mean, look, I'm not the brightest bulb in the room, okay? 
But I'm having a hard time you understanding about how great it is that you're watching games from the 70s or 80s and, to quote you, an hour and 30 minutes. But, but let's say they two were 215, 220, yeah. and you enjoyed those games. I'm having a hard time understanding how you can, can talk that up, but yet badmouth the idea of trying to, because of a pitch clock, getting back down to those kinds of, of length of games, which makes yeah. it more enjoyable for everybody. Can you help me here? Well, I meant to say two hours and 30 minutes. And I like, know you did. I know. 15, run, 15 runs scored, and it still was only two and a half hours. First of all, I don't want to watch a ball game with a pitch clock behind the catcher or to the side near the batter's uh, okay. on deck circle. All right. That is a distraction because I'm thinking, okay, 15, 14. Th oh, he better get in the box. Did he make eye contact with the pitcher? Is he going to be called out like that one video you guys have shown when it was bases loaded, yep. Braves against the Red Sox, and the guy gets called third strike because he didn't make eye contact with the pitcher, although the pitcher and the catcher weren't ready. Do you understand how many arguments are going to be happening this year? Everybody's going to be arguing, right? Because you're going to have tough situations where a, a, a pitcher is given a ball or – a hitter is, is is struck out, strikes out, and it's it's just taking away from the game. It really is. We don't. It's not basketball, Tom. It's not football. It's baseball. Why do we have to change the damn rules all the time? It's fine. Let's just stay the course. Let's cut down on commercials. Let's do that. Well, we know that's not happening because the money talks and the BS walks. So that's not happening. I'll tell you the reason you need a pitch clock. It's, I, I mean, it's because the batters and the pitchers couldn't just figure out on their own that they got to keep the game moving. Have you seen that split? You're, you're a smart guy. You're, you're a well-read guy. Yeah, uh, whether I we're am. talking about politics or sports or money or whatever it might be. Renaissance, Have you man. seen that video? of the playoff at bat with David Ross in the National League Championship Series. Help me read with the, 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 the year. 2016 Pedro Baez versus David Ross. Right. And there is a video out there that does a split screen, just like you and I are on right now. On one half is the at bat by Ross. On the left side is an entire half inning in a spring training game this year. The entire half inning. And there were some pitches taken and fouled off into the seats during Boom. a couple of these at-bats. An entire half inning was played before two pitches were thrown in the at-bat. Two! Before two pitches were thrown in the at-bat to David Ross. Pitcher stepping off, Ross stepping out. Ross stepping out, pitcher backs off the rubber. It was ridiculous. Right. And do you know who's to blame for that, Tom? Who? Is, is the umpire. It's, it's up to the umpire to keep the game going. Remember Steve Palermo? Yeah. Remember him? Great umpire. Yep. Outstanding person. Great umpire. But he would keep baseball, the games going, you know, in between innings. Come on, boys. Let's pick it up. Hustle on and off the field. They've had a clock, right, for how many years? Just enforce it, you know, or, or just, just pick up the pace. That's what they need to do. I don't think we need to throw the ball around the infield. 
I don't need to play catch with Eric Davis in center field, although Eric really enjoyed it. I mean, sometimes we'd have a day off and Eric would say, Trace, can we just go out and have a catch? You know, just he was so into just me playing catch with me. Just that kind of goofy stuff. I mean, I think we need to knock that out. I Does used to love it when you guys used to play Pepper before the games, okay. right around the, uh, right around the, you know, behind home plate when guys were I taking know. beef. I thought that was some of the coolest stuff. And look, half the people watching this show don't even know what the hell Pepper is. No, that's that's so old school. So you start bringing up stuff like this, and I, I start getting goosebumps because I love the game of baseball. And to sit there and watch guys play Pepper. You know who was a big lover of Pepper? Was Pete. Who? Pete yep. Rose yep. loved to play Pepper. Yep. And I mean, I don't even know if guys can do that anymore. A little back control. Maybe we wouldn't have to have the shift if players uh, played Pepper and learned how to control your bat, right? Because yep. when I played Pepper, this, this is really, I, I didn't think about Pepper and how important it is as far as hitting and getting your timing. You can't swing it. You just try to hit it to the player. Yep. So if you'll have four or five guys and I could hit it, you know, I could hit it to Larkin. I could hit it to Cal Daniels. I could hit it to Stillwell. I could hit it to O'Neill. And then you go. Now, if you lined out and the guy caught it, then he hit. But see, that's back control. Now guys have no back control. Barry Larkin has back control. Kevin Mitchell, back All the guys. Paul O'Neill, all those guys had Sabo. All those guys had back control. But now we Nowadays, be talking about launch angle. You couldn't play Pepper now because of launch angle. Yeah, it's it's just frustrating. And and then you have something, Tom, I don't know if you guys talked about it. The Newport High School here in Kentucky, uh, did, they don't have a baseball team. Not enough players to come out yeah. for a baseball team. Yeah. I mean, how sad is that? Yeah. And you just sit there. I was I was driving the other day and I saw the kids getting out of class and walking home. Maybe it's best that they don't play baseball because I'm sitting there looking at these kids. I couldn't tell you if they were male or female. And I, and I don't mean that. I'm not saying that. I just could not tell. And I think it's so strange. You see kids with earrings, colored hair, um, freaks nowadays. And I, I don't know what's happening. We didn't have kids like that back in our day. I don't know if it's the lack of testosterone in these kids because testosterone since 1950 is down yep. 50%, which nobody's talking about, right? Yep. That's a big yep. deal. How did that happen? Just watch kids get out of school in high school and you'll go, oh boy, something's going on. I don't know what's going on, but something is. I mean, next thing you know, Tracer apple pie is going to be illegal, right? Next thing you know. Here, here's, here's an example. Of, Could of you imagine you going up to play up there for the Montreal Expos now with Justin Trudeau as your leader? I used to. Could you I imagine that? Have, Tracy Jones, I, you would be interviewed and asked about some of these questions or about all the truckers, that their bank yeah. accounts are being frozen and all that stuff and some of the things. You'd be in jail. Yeah. Well, I did have dual citizenship. In Canada and the United States until Trudeau got in there and I said, I don't want any part of that. I'm out. I've checked out. Out. There's an idiot. There's a there's one of those libertards. Tracy, did you know any French back when you're up there? Yeah, Montreal? good question, Reed. Good did question. You know any French? Parlez-vous Francais? <laughs> is that is that do you and speak then there's French? One, I, yeah, there's one I like. I like. 
That sounds like English. That sounds like English with a French inflection. <laughs> it sounds like English with a Hispanic inflection. There was nothing yeah. French about that at all. And he sounded like David Concepcion. Yeah. Do, did you did did you have to speak French or did most of them in French Canada know English? Like no, I, I've never been to I Montreal. Will, I will be brutally honest with you. Is in Montreal they weren't big fans of Americans. No, they're not. They're, You're right. They're not You're at right. all. They don't like you. Uh, the food is terrible. Yep. They don't put ice in their drinks. Um. They have a place, though, as far as entertainment, I think it's a really good oh, place. Oh, God, I, I know where this is. Go ahead. God well, where's it almighty. going then, Tom? What's, uh, what's that? Chez Paris. Yes. Chez Paris? Yep. Yeah, that's a very entertaining place. The Ham and Eggers would like that place. Over, over my head. I don't know anybody that wouldn't like that place. Over my head. Never heard of the uh, place. Well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Should Casey go there days. for his bachelor party? Say that again. Should Casey go there for his bachelor party? Don't you think that'd be a good trip, Tracer? I, I, you know, now look, before we go down this road, um, I think everybody would universally agree with this following statement, and you can get very few people to agree on anything. For those of us old enough, for you as a player, me as a broadcaster, whatever it is, that might have been the best stop in the entire National League was Montreal. That is a great town. It's it's a great town, some great architecture. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was a very entertaining city. And, and what was great when I played with the Expos is the ownership really took care of the players. I mean, everything was first class. I mean, even to the airport, Tom, now think about this. We would take two buses. <laughs> that's a, right? That's That's unheard of. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed Montreal. I was I was rather upset when I got traded again. I only lasted three months. Well, that's okay. You enjoyed the three months. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Montreal maybe uh, being in the next round of expansion again if they could figure out what to do about a stadium because you know Olympic Stadium was tired. Uh, there's really no tired. doubt about that. Really tired, and they played in Jerry Park before then. All right. Um, we got a couple of things off sports topic, Tracer, here to get into today. Um, okay. Reed had pointed out uh, or had asked Casey, and, and you've talked about this from time to time, but I think we sort of need some re-education if there is such a thing. Um, Casey, uh, Reed, would you care to share with Tracy what you had said about, you know, the finances with Casey and getting ready to get married and, yeah. you know, th th this kind of thing? Well, Casey, so... Since sports gambling had become legal in Ohio, Casey had taken it up, and he has since retired because he he's got his wedding coming in June, and you know you gotta you gotta put some finances in, in check. You can't be gambling all the money when the wedding's coming up. Yeah, just trying to be safe. And, and I'm not sure though that really at the end of the day, once he goes home at night, I'm not so sure that Casey's still not dabbling in some of this a little bit, Tracer. I'm not Tom, so sure. No, Tom, you are exactly right. He's not going to fool me. Casey can't fool me. Can we pan into that face again? And Casey, I want you to look <laughs> me right in the eyes and say you're not gambling. Because you know what I find with people that gamble? They're also liars. So you just, you, you look, you tell me you're not gambling, Casey. Go ahead. Tracy. Scout's honor. Scout's honor. 
I am not gambling. Wow. And how long is that? And how long could you say that has held true? About well, a let's day. Let's put it this way. Let's do this. About a day. See, there we I go. I was getting ready to say, about are we day. talking about um, less than 48 hours? Okay. Um, another 48 hours. Or are we talking longer than 96 hours? It's actually been about a week and a half. Week and a half. Wow. It'll be two weeks on Sunday. Now, now if he goes to Florida, he's allowed gambling again. That's, yeah. that's the rule, right, that's Tom? That's the rule, right, Tom? Tracer, I need yeah. your advice on this, okay? I gave up drinking alcohol for Lent. Now, I'm not Catholic. I am a Christian, okay? I gave up alcohol for Lent. I asked our guys in the chat. I asked these two guys. Okay, now I Lent, as you will know, 40 days, okay? okay? Jesus goes up the mountain with Satan, is tempted for 40 days and 40 nights with all kinds of temptation. He resists, as we well know, in every way there is. Okay, so Lent lasts for 40 days. It goes all the way to Easter, as you know. Um, I have our son's senior high school spring break where we have about 20 families, maybe more going together, guys, girls, their moms and dads, uh, all the way together. Okay. It falls right mm -hmm. at the end of March. So I okay. started about five, six days early before Lent with no alcohol, okay? And then after I come back from spring break, which I'm only going to be there for four days because of his lacrosse schedule, when mm -hmm. I come back, I pick up another 11 days on the backside where I would be alcohol-free. Do you think that I would be in the wrong with God Almighty if during those four days, even though I'm still going to cover 40, it's going to be broken up by four, Four, I'm going to actually have longer than 40, but it's going to be broken up by four by having a beer or two down there on spring break. What are your thoughts? See, I think you're missing the big picture. And the big picture is, Tom, you might have a problem with alcohol because it sounds like you can't have a good time and you can't socialize unless you've got a little buzz on. Is that right? So you have to, what does it make you more entertaining? Tom, you're an entertaining guy. You don't need alcohol as a crutch, okay? So I think you take those four days off, keep with the 40-day, and, and, and do that. But you don't need alcohol, Tom. You, you need to, you might need to see someone, in fact. Okay, well, that's, that's an answer. Maybe it's like one of those situations, Tracer, that we all face in life. It might be an answer well, you don't want to hear. I got to tell you, I, and I wasn't going to, you know, I don't like to bring it on myself, talk about me. Um, but I'm also starting tomorrow, I'm going to give up alcohol and sugar. And I will do nothing for a week. I will eat broccoli, chicken, and salmon. And, I've, and I'll have blueberries and oatmeal. No sugar, no alcohol for a week. Now I get a blood test in seven days. That's the reason you're giving it up. 
Well, <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. It is. I agree. I agree. I want good numbers. I'm very proud when my doctor looks at me and says, you know, I, I said, how are my numbers? He says, good, real good. I said, for a 62-year-old, he says, for a 22-year-old. Wow. So my numbers are pretty good. So I'm very proud of that. But I do need to lay off the sugar and lay off the alcohol. And that, Casey, I'm going, I'm going through tremors right now. Tom, I see you shaking because you're not drinking. Casey, you're shaking because you're not gambling. Reed, so you probably, you know, Reed, that's like saying giving you a week off from Pornhub.com. That's really shakes on that. So we all have our, our little bad little behavior. And, but I'm going to do that, and I'm, I'm really going to try to stick to it. But it starts tomorrow. Reed, Trace. you should try it. I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm on board. Tracer, you're eating broccoli and fruit. That, that sounds like a diet of a true Californian. It really does. I well, think all he brings up a great point there, man. I mean, you get well, out there in the land of uh, nuts and, you know, the whole nine yards. And look what I, I know. I, I know. Yeah, believe me, I'm aware. Yeah. But you get out well, there I'm with all, all the zanies out there. And, I mean, look what's happened now that you're back in uh, Bellevue. Right. I, I think I'm going to mix in some avocados and granola, too, you know, just to do the whole California thing. Right. But I'm really going to try to stick to this. And I'll be honest with you, if I fail or I drop off, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll tell you about it. But starting tomorrow for a week and then I take my blood test and my physical on the following Monday. Very excited. Plus, I'm getting a colonoscopy. Make sure you get your colonoscopy, Tom. I'm sure you've had that. Read. I have. I have but, my good friend, yeah. Dr. Marvin Lopez, here in town. He's out in Anderson Township, and he is the best. Love the guy. He's a, he's a neighbor yes. and a very good friend. I love him. Uh, somebody points out in the chat who lives out in California here, Tracer. Jolly, jolly. He says, next thing you know, Tracy will be doing hot yoga and going to Trader Joe's to buy a $25 smoothie. Oh, she's that's my wife just went to Trader Joe's last night and I didn't even want to bring it up, but she spends $250 at Trader Joe's. How do you spend $250 at Trader Joe's? And as far as hot yoga, not a fan of hot yoga, but I am a fan of yoga pants. I do like that. <laughs> I do like yoga pants. Very funny. I'm sure the ham and eggers are too, aren't you boys? Oh, we, we, we love some yoga pants. Your wife's spending $250 at Trader Joe's? Dude, everything is... Have you paid attention to the economy here? Well... Eggs, chicken, meat, you name it. Everything's a thousand percent higher than it was two years ago. I mean, come on. You can't walk That's anywhere. That's your boy, Joe Biden. That's well, your boy, Joe Biden. I mean, come on. Come on. <laughs> Somebody... Uh I was just going to say $250 at Trader Joe's sounds like your wife needs a financial advisor. Do you know one? Well, the, I made the mistake of just throwing her my card. Oh, she, you know, yeah. Danae's very generous and pays for a lot of things. And so I says, here, put it on my card. Now, normally when she goes to Trader Joe's, it's like some kale, some salads, you know, maybe a couple of avocados. It's like $45. But old money bags throws his throws a, a his American Express black card. You know what that looks like, don't you, Tom? No, I, I I used to know. Yeah. 
<laughs> no. And all of a sudden she says, I hope you don't get mad. I spent 250 at Trader Joe's and then put another 75 at Kroger. There's two people in this house. Two people and Tucker. Do we really need that much food? Well, I mean, if you're eating all this fancy stuff, Tracy, I mean, look, uh, that stuff is really expensive. I mean, whether it's your organic blueberries, mm -hmm. right? Or your organic strawberries or your granola. I mean, you're not buying that granola well, that's like 99% pure. You're buying, she's buying the 100% stuff. And, you know, we spent some time. You guys are so perceptive because I did spend I've been spending a little bit too much time in California. <laughs> now, Tom, we're eating all organic, all organic, <laughs> nothing. We're not drinking plastic. Everything has gone to a, a glass container. I mean, it's like, really? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I just think through osmosis of being there, my wife is completely flip flopped. I said, you live in Bellevue, Kentucky, not Santa Barbara, not Manhattan Beach, California. Crazy. Yeah, but both of you are native Californians. You know, it, uh, it just sort of stays with you as much as you try and cleanse. Well, that's probably the proper word. You probably got some, <laughs> some, some caffeine cleansing, coffee cleansing things going on. Right? Tom, like, I swear look, to you God, know what I'm like... talking about. Yeah. Well, actually, I am going to go to a saltwater cleanse, too. Oh, my <laughs> God. Over the weekend. Oh, my so, God. Yeah. This, I'm going to take away my man card. You know, I, I think of myself as a macho guy. But, you know, I'm getting kind of soft in my old age. Real soft. Your dad would be very disappointed in me. Very Talking about a guy who has a lot of testosterone, right? That's a guy. <laughs> back in the other day. A lot of testosterone. It's oozing out of Marty. Well, he's got you by one more marriage. So, you know, he's got he's to keep going. I mean, you know, he, he's married to a woman who's younger than me. Do you know many people know. whose stepmom is younger than, than, than the kid? I think that's awesome. I do, too. I think it's fantastic. I think it is. Yeah. So, and I'm planning on doing it. I plan on doing that. That'll probably be my fourth marriage. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, if, I, if, if my wife divorces me or if I, I will find a young girl, I'll probably find her at the brass ass. Very good looking girls there. That would be someone I could be proud of. Tracer, nice having you back. Uh, you'll soon be going on, on an Aaron Rodgers darkness retreat after you get through this seven days of, of blueberries Lansing. and yogurt and, and granola and all this other stuff. So... It's nice to meditation. have meditation. I need to meditate too. I'm going to mix, mix that in as well. Indeed. Always need a little meditation. Absolutely. All right, All my right. man. Have a great day All today. Right. Have a good weekend, everyone. You do the same. It's I mean, does it get any better than that? He's, he's a treat. What a piece of work. He's a treat. Good Lord. Oh, my God. What a funny guy. All right. Uh, do we have a uh, UDF cherry on top today, gentlemen? We do. We have. We have one. Okay. And this one 
is just uh, appreciating. Big East Tournament back in 1996. Allen Iverson versus Ray Allen in the championship. Just a, just a callback. Conference Tournament week. Some of the great teams that have, have flown through not only the Big East, but all these conferences. Yeah, back when Georgetown was actually good. You remember watching AI and, and uh, Ray yeah, Allen well, back I mean, in college? I, I, you know, look, I know the whole video of the practice. It's practice. You know, I mean, we all know that. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you what, man. I mean, if you are – you're talking about some of the biggest gamers of all time, and especially considering his size. Allen Iverson was a gamer. He'd go into the lane, get killed. There you say UConn celebrating. Yeah, Ray Allen. I mean, think about the coaches in that game, right? John Thompson, there's mm -hmm. Jim Calhoun, mm -hmm. two Hall of Famers, right? right? Multiple national championships among the two. There they are. That's when the Big East was the Big East. Yeah, Syracuse, Nova, right? all of them in there. There were a whole pile of national championships coming out of that league. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No question. All right, boys. Fun day today. Tomorrow, uh, my dad's going to join us. Um, Sir Boy Wonder thinks you should be hired by WGN. Problem is, Sir Boy Wonder, they don't do the Cubs games anymore. Right. Marquee Sports Network. No, well, that's, that's I don't television. Know who does, I don't know who does the radio. And I don't a radio, think... that changed, and I, I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. I think it's 1,000 that has him, but um, I still cannot. It just doesn't seem, it just doesn't seem, it seems like something's wrong, the WGN radio. And for a lot of people there, they'd feel the same way about WGN TV. But um, Do you know Pat Hughes? Oh, very well, yeah. Beautiful guy. Oh, Going to the Hall of Fame this summer. Yeah, he's the best. He's, he's awesome. Sounds of summer. Yep. He's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to see how we did on our picks. Uh, my dad will be joining us. Uh, we're trying to line up a couple of things football related. Um, because let's not forget. Uh, what's the date today? The ninth? Yes. So in four days, mm -hmm. um, the free agency window, and we'll get into this on Monday, uh, opens which means that you can't talk to the player, you can't fly him in, all this kind of stuff, but you can talk to the player's agent. And you can start kind of laying groundwork. You can't announce anything, things like that. The 15th, floodgates open, football free agency hits. What will the Bengals be doing? A lot of people feel like they're not going to go out and spend a bunch of money like they had the last couple of years because they know they have money to give to the guys they have now. But... Um, well, it is going to be some kind of ride next week in the National Football League. Yeah, for preparation for that, I'll get us a free agent list for the Bengals. We'll talk about it. We'll possibly even go through a mock draft or something like that for the Bengals. That'd be great. All right. All right. Everybody have a great rest of your Thursday. Enjoy all the college basketball. Xavier playing tonight. Dayton playing tonight. UC tomorrow. And we will be back here, good Lord willing, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. On Off the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Gentlemen, thank you and thank you.